It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Smaller one, Don, later on. It's time for the hour for the big dogs now. Um, 67, you'll be logging, logging in. Um, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good, Hamish. Um, it's been an interesting week for Celtic. There's been a lot going on. It's been an interesting week for 67, Hill Hill. It's been an interesting week for a Celtic state of mind, and we're happy to bring it all together for an hour this lunchtime with the folks in the chat um, and have a, wee, have a wee bit of patter about, about the hoops. How, how much better is their whole setup than ours? I mean, we are we're penny pinching. They've got all the luxurious stuff happening over here in Axon. Yep, they've got a studio. They've got live music, Hamish. They've got a host of contributors. And what are we? We're just uh, we're just stumbling along, <laughs> finding our way. Um, I, I like to talk about Celtic. 
Have we brought a travelling support? Stuart, I hope so. There. I recognise the name Stuart Miller from, from the I, channel. Anyone else Anyone else travelling, let us know. We appreciate you travelling to support the boys, <laughs> um, even though you've, you've probably just lying in the same place you usually do. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know what we're going to chat about for the next hour, mate. Well, I'm sure there is stuff we can, we can discuss, but we've not got a plan, so to speak, which is kind of unlike us. So we may just go off on various tangents. We may start chatting about... I don't know, music and shit like that. So um so so let's well, see how it goes. You know what I'm like, as soon as you get me started on any sort of subject, I could probably go for an hour on my own, so I'm sure we'll be fine. We we should say first of all, you know, what we're doing here, you're probably well aware this is the Axom charity weekender. Um this is the second year we've been involved in it. Um I don't know why they invited us back after the shambles of last year. Um but Appreciate them doing that. And we are, of course, raising much-needed funds for St Mary's and St mm-hmm. Alphonsus, so please feel free to donate if you can uh, afford it. Of course, that would be much appreciated by Axon, by us, and, of course, by everyone else in the Celtic community. Um, so, yeah, g- great to be part of it. We appreciate them you know, inviting us back, as we say, and we're on from 12 until 1pm. So thanks for joining us live. Thanks if you're watching afterwards. We really do appreciate it. Um, should we start with Celtic? Would that be a good place to start, do you think, John? I think so. I think that's probably the best. That's probably what everyone's here for, rather than ourselves, um, as well as supporting the charity, of course. Let's talk about Celtic. Let's talk about... I think we should talk about tomorrow, first of all. I think we should talk about some of the fairly big news that has emerged over the last 24 hours in the sense that Jota is probably not going to be available for the match tomorrow and um, Stephen Welsh is not going to be available for the match tomorrow and Anthony Ralston likely isn't available for the match tomorrow, Hamish. Are you worried? Are you suddenly concerned and, you know, a, a bit a bit of trepidation about the trip to Danadice? Well, I think when you put it like that, you have to be because Jota, for me, is... is probably certainly other than maybe Kyogo, our best attacking talent, the player, probably even more so than Kyogo, that has been the one you've looked to over the last couple of months to start, you know, to, to create moves and create goals. Um, Ralston, I just think it's better every game that, that's passing. And I actually think the first half against Hearts, he was one of our best performers yet again. Um, Stephen Welsh, probably not as big a, a loss because Carter Vickers is going to be back. Um, and as much as I like Welsh, I would probably say Carter Vickers is a bit of an upgrade at the moment. Um, but yeah, Ralston and Jota, losing them, you would think in theory would be pretty bad. But we actually have options to, to kind of counteract that. One advantage mm-hmm. of playing your, your right back at left back for weeks and weeks is that when your right back gets injured, you can just move your, your left back to right back. And I think Juranovic, mm-hmm. you know, that'll suit him. I don't know how you feel, but I actually thought he, he, he looked even more of a threat at right back when he went there on, on Saturday. I thought, you know, he could easily have had a goal had he showed more composure at that point. I don't necessarily think that's something we would have seen on the left-hand side had he been playing there. Um, yeah. So I'm fine with that. Jota... As I say, more of a concern. We do have options in there. You know, what he could do. He does have a few options. Does he move Forrest wide left and put um, Abada on the right? Does he play Mikey Johnson on the left? Does he even play Kyogo on the left and play Albina Yeti up front? So he, he does have options. Um, but obviously, Jota's going to be a miss. Um, and as I say, centre back's okay. So, yeah, it's a miss. Obviously, I'd rather Jota was there 
but I think he's the big one. I think if we yeah. can... And we, we do still have enough talent in that team to create chances. I mean, Kyogo's still going to be there. James Forrest is still going to be there. Callum McGregor, etc. So it's still a game I, I would expect Celtic to win. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a bit tougher, I think. It, it certainly is. And, you know, I'm I'm not too concerned. I, I think I'll be concerned if there's, they're out for a, a long period of time. And I think we should stress that Ange hasn't really given a time frame on um, the kind of Jota and Ralston injuries. But there's a chance they could be missing for a few weeks, I would suggest, given the way it's all panned out. Um, and, uh, you know, the, obviously I'm most concerned about the Jota injury because I don't think that perhaps, you know, a, a Mikey Johnston or even a Lyle Abada is quite at the level of, of a Jota. And in recent weeks, Jota's almost been carrying Celtic. I wouldn't say he has been, but he's almost been pushing us towards the, the victories that we need. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Ange does. I think you, I think there's a good chance that he'll put Forrest on the left, like he did at the start of the season, and goes with a bad on the right hand side. I, I know, obviously, I'm not 100 percent on that, but given that that's that was his go to at the start of the season. You'll remember before Jota signed. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, w- I would be surprised if that didn't happen. Obviously, Juranovic on on the right hand side. Um, and then we'll we'll see what happens on the left because there's you know Greg Taylor's back in training, um, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if he throws Greg B- Taylor back into it. Now Tomorrow. you know one of yeah yeah I mean I think he's back training he's back full, fully training with the team and has been talking up a bit I don't know if he, he'll make tomorrow. Um, but I think it's an option. If not, you know, you'll go for Adam Montgomery or or volleyball and goalie. So there's a, there is a few options here. I'm not I'm not too concerned in the sense that we don't have anyone to play in these positions. Mm. And I think with the return of Cameron Carter Vickers, that kind of eases up, um, you know, the central defensive area because I thought Carol Starfelt was immense on Thursday, um, and having Carter Vickers back in there is fine. So I'm I'm quite excited about the game. It's it's a really exciting time. For Celtic, yeah. I think you know this is just a, a period that is coming hot and heavy every few days. There's big matches every few days, and you, you get you know it's a, a, a you know it's a big games because you start to feel nervous before them, and it's not mm. a reflection on the quality of Celtic that I'm you know nervous about tomorrow or or a bit um, a bit of trepidation about it. It's more the fact that it's just a huge occasion, and literally. Celtic have no room for error. I feel like over the next few weeks, um, especially with the you know Rangers will probably pick up all three points against Dundee today, so they'll be seven points ahead again. And Celtic really need to you know continue this you know determined run of, of victories. Yes, um, I, I was chatting to a Dundee United fan uh, for for a video that's going to go out later today on the the sixty seven Hill Hill channel, and he reckons that they are not in as good a place as they were when they came to Celtic Park, both form wise and injury wise. I think uh, a couple of their standout players this season, in his opinion, uh, the the defensive midfielder Fuchs, and also. Someone else whose name I've forgotten. I I, I think he's Levitt. I think Levitt yeah, yeah. is maybe his name. Um, that Tom, my pal, reckoned that they, they were Dundee United's two best players um, so far this season. And I think both of them are doubts for tomorrow. Um, I think Tam Courts kind of keeps his, his cards close to his chest with regards to injury, so we won't really know until kick-off tomorrow. But it sounds like if they aren't playing, that, that could be, you know, they could be in as much injury trouble as we are. Um, so, so 
he doesn't think that it's going to be quite as end-to-end and attacking a match as it was at Celtic Park because it was a great match at Celtic mm-hmm. Park. I mean, we yeah. were poor in general and we had a lot of injuries. Kyogo was missing, and McGregor was missing, Juranovic went off injured during that game. I think we had other injuries as well. Um, and Dundee United came and they took the game to us and they could arguably, with a bit more care late in that match, have taken all three points. We had chances as well, of course, shot at the bar. But I think tomorrow's going to be a little bit of a different game. I don't think they're going to come out quite as much and try and take us on. And I think we might be a little bit fragile as well, just because yeah. of the injuries. We might be just feeling our way into the game a little bit more than, than usual. So I think it's going to be a different game to, to last time. Um, I think it will be probably just as difficult, given where both teams are. Um, but it's uh, you're right, it's a game we we just have to go and win. I mean, we, we always say we have to win this. <laughs> We, we don't have to win it because if we if we drop points tomorrow, we're not going to be conceding the league on, on Sunday evening. So we don't have to win it. But you do feel there's a lot of pressure on Celtic to win the game tomorrow um, because, as you say, we're going to go in seven points behind. And I think we've all got this game on the 2nd of January at the back of our minds or maybe at the forefront of people's minds. And I would love Celtic to be within three points going into that. And all it takes for that is to, for us to win every game in the league leading up to that, which is conceivable, and Rangers to drop points in one game. And they've still got to go to Tynecastle, which I think, based on Thursday night, will be really difficult for them. And Aberdeen as well, who always raise their game and have already taken points off them. So drop points in any of those games, Celtic keep winning, then we beat them in January the 2nd and we'd be top of the league going into the winter break. And I think that's what everyone's hoping for. That, that that would be the ideal way to cap off the first half of the season. But for that to happen, we need to just... I kind of feel like we need to win when things are tough at the moment. And it seems really bleak going into Thursday night, seven points behind, going into tomorrow, in all likelihood, seven points behind. You feel a long way back. Seven points is mm. quite a lot. But... I think if we keep winning, the gap will be, it's stating the obvious, but if we keep winning, the gap will be a lot smaller come the winter break. You know, the reason I feel all right about this December, and I do think this December is all, I do think December in Scottish football is, it's not unique in the world, but, it, you know, it is its own thing, I feel like. There, there is a different feel to it. Certainly for me, there's a different feel to the matches. They're often tighter. There's often weather conditions to contend with. There's always, you know, it's always a, a rammed schedule. But the thing about the Celtic team is I don't think they're particularly playing, you know, wonderful, classy football and kind of looking, you know, like if they if they don't do that, then they'll struggle to win a game. Celtic are already grinding out results in, in a way. Um, and I think having that quality, that, that determined quality, you mean, I look at the likes of... Carol Starfelt on Thursday night, for example, we need a performance like that, on nights like that, to, to get Celtic through and get all three points. And we missed a lot of chances on Thursday. Let's let's not forget. And I, I do think Hearts, apart from Celtic and Rangers, are the best team in the league. And realistically, we could have won that, you know, two or three. I, you know, on the flip side, they could have got a goal themselves and it could have been 1-1. But Celtic are finding a way to win. Now, the good thing about the United game is, is they're not particularly in a good um, rich vein of form. I think they've only one, got 1-1. One, yeah, 1-1-5 one, one or, or even 6. And they got hammered by Hearts. They got hammered 5-2. So, I saw them against um, Motherwell in midweek as well and they, were, they yeah. were pretty poor there. I mean, they were dominated in that game. Yeah. 
and it's, it's been a, a strange time for them. I think they've had something like you know five five red card, not not themselves, but there's been five red cards in the matches that they've played over the, over the last month. So um, they've had an odd time of it, and I think Celtic can go there and, and really take the game to them. I think Tan Dice is always a venue that that has been decent to Celtic over the years. Maybe not. You know, twenty years ago, but I think over the last ten years, it's it's been a decent venue. And though, although we won't have a full crowd there, we'll still have enough to to kind of make it lively. Um, and I think that's another good thing about the Celtic team. Hamish is I think they're feeding off the crowd, and I think they're feeding off Ange, who's feeding off the crowd too. I think there's a kind of fiery spirit about Celtic at the moment, which has been just as important as the way we're playing. We won one 0 on Thursday night. We scored an early goal and. In the second half, obviously, you know, they created chances, we created chances, just as many chances, if not more. I feel that if we hadn't have scored that first half goal, I still think we would have won the game, if that makes sense. Now, I know people will look at it and say, no, you wouldn't because you didn't score a goal the rest of the game. And I'm not saying that Celtic were playing at like 50% or anything like that, because I think Thursday was a, a genuinely difficult game for this Celtic team. I was actually really impressed with Hearts when they came out and played in the second half. I thought they played a lot of good stuff. I think they have a lot of good players. But I get the feeling, same with Aberdeen as well, that if that winning goal hadn't arrived, we would have got it anyway, if that makes sense. I, I just think there's something about this Celtic team at the moment. They, they, they really, you know... They're really doing everything they can to win games, and more often than not, they're finding a way. And I think you can't underestimate the fact that teams tire against us as the games go on as well. Teams in the Scottish Premiership generally aren't going to be as fit as us, and also when they're chasing the ball for for you know the majority of games, they're going to be pretty tired. And I think that's a theme we've seen in virtually every game so far this season. Um, but I just think there's there's something about this Celtic team at the moment. And, and yeah, you can look across the city and, and to be fair, it's not something I usually like to do, but they've got it as well a wee bit at the moment. Um, I mean, uh, whatever night it was, Easter Road, they, they, a game they shouldn't have won. It was a, an awful game. Both teams were really poor and they found a way to win. Um, so I think it's it's going to be a real you know tight title race this year. I think both it's one of those seasons, a bit like 20. 10, 20, 11, Neil Lennon's first year when both teams are going to keep winning even when they're not playing well um, but I just think the league's so strong this year as well, I think it's the strongest the league's been and as much as we're saying Hearts are, are the third best team I mean going away to Dundee United is a tough tough game, you know Hibs away even Aberdeen away, Motherwell away there's so many difficult away games this season in the league for Celtic there really aren't any easy games but as you said at the start you're loving it I mean, I would much rather it's like that. Last year, you know, we were just... We weren't looking forward to watching Celtic at all. There was no big games really last year. Every game you were just fearing. This year you're going into games and, and they all feel massive. And I just think that's that's what we love. We, we love... The thing I love personally about sport is when it matters. I mean, that's why I struggled last year with it so much because... It just lost so much of its meaning when there was no fans in the crowd at all, and I'm not I'm not saying that because we didn't win the league. Genuinely, Hamish, are you saying that the the league title never counted last season? <laughs> because I'm on board with that conspiracy theory. The COVID Cup. Let's, let, right, as my pal Lewis Kemp likes to say, <laughs> the biggest club in the world played games in their training ground last season. Mm-hmm. Real Madrid. I mean, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about last season, that's it. Um, five substitutes, I mean, do me a favour. Um, I know that's still the case this year, but um, last year was a nonsense. Um, last year was a nonsense. Celtic got what they deserved. We were awful. But 
playing games with, with no crowds. I mean, folk talk about that cup final, and it, funnily enough, that was it was after the cup final, Scottish Cup final last year that we were on the the Axon Charity Weekender. I look back at that now, and I don't know if it's because the season in general was so bad, but struggle to feel much about it. The overall quadruple treble, I feel amazing. Like, wow, pinch yourself, what an incredible achievement. But, I mean, Christopher Iyer rattling in that penalty when, when no fans there at all. I struggle with that completely. And, and this season, when you know fans are in the stadium, fans are the lifeblood of the game, it just matters so much more. I, I think supporters can have like a material impact on the results this season, which is in stark contrast to last season when things started going badly for Celtic. They just kind of spiralled down. Um, within themselves, there was a real weak mentality in the group. There was no control of matches. They didn't go into matches looking confident. If you right this time last year, twelve months ago this week, Hamish, Celtic I had a awful haircut. <laughs> well, we, we all do, but you know, this time last year, um, twelve months ago, Celtic were cowering as a club. They were cowering in the wake of those, you know, the infamous protests at Celtic Park after we got beat by Ross County in the League Cup. Um, and there was just think about that, think about that compared to now and I think the one thing you can say about this Celtic team and and Ange at the moment is that they're kind of moving forward with unity and and that's so important and I think I underestimated as part of you know talking about this rebuild and it's it's interesting seeing some of the managers that were linked with across Europe not doing great this season Um, and I don't think that's a reflection on them because the likes of Jesse Marsh is obviously a good manager a good coach Eddie Howe is a good coach but I think I underestimated that the Celtic support and I feel like the Celtic players and the club needed almost a paternal you know, father figure, and I think Ange has brought that quality to Celtic that um, that those other managers wouldn't have brought us. Like, an Eddie Howe isn't a paternal figure. He's not someone I don't feel like who who might have been able to inspire. You know, you know, tens of thousands of supporters, and I think Ange has that quality. And I think I underestimated how much we needed that after last season. Hang on, I'll just go and get the Eddie Howe mugs. I'll be back in two seconds. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I agree totally with that because you, you look at Eddie Howe when he came to the club. He wouldn't. He wouldn't come up from from Bournemouth or, or the South Coast, and he he wouldn't come up without his staff. Ange comes from Japan, mm-hmm. the other side of the world, with no staff at all, and still hasn't brought in any of his own staff that he's worked with in the past. That right there in black and white is is you know the the difference there. I, I think you know if Eddie Howe would come in, Celtic might have been, we might have been talking about a decent Celtic team right now, but we wouldn't have had the feeling that we have right now no. with Ange. Um, you know, when 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 Ange was first linked and we didn't know a lot about him, we spoke to loads of people in Australia and they all spoke about the feeling you get with Ange and not necessarily look at the results because if you look at his CV, it's a good CV. I wouldn't say it's like a, a CV to completely blow you away or anything like that, but they spoke about this feeling you get with Ange, he takes you on the journey, um, he takes you on the journey with him and that's so important and we all feel that now, we, we all, yeah. you know, every single game, like I'm, I'm usually over, you know, in the, in the corner at Celtic Park looking forward to, to, to the team walking round and Ange walking round as well and, and, you know, giving it all that to Ange, we didn't even have that with Brendan Rodgers was the manager. No, I mean, I mean, I, I honestly can't tell you how much I feel I relate to Ange and feel strongly about him as a person. Like it's it's getting. I sometimes have to check myself because obviously <laughs> when you're when you're writing and talking about Celtic, you have to you have to kind of 
maintain some sort of balance in some ways. You know, you you have to try and kind of you know check that you're not just talking rubbish basically um but i i feel like with Ange that i i sometimes feel myself going overboard with him because i've fully bought in and it, it is undoubtedly it's a cult of personality thing right it definitely is and just got something about him he's got something about him as a leader and you know people can go back and check now we did a live show after the news we did a live show on six seven hail hail after the news that eddie howard dropped out and the news that Postacoglu was the front runner for the position, and we didn't know anything about him. We didn't know a thing about him, and we tried to do a little bit of research, and we tried to go, well, this might not be so bad, but let's be honest, everyone was feeding that, and everyone was not feeling good after that in that week. And then, you know, yourself and myself and other Celtic fans went away and researched this guy, and I feel like within a week I was starting to come on honestly within a week I was starting to come on board with him because I was watching those seminars he was doing and the way he was talking and stuff six months later I'm fully bought in like I don't like I'm I'm on this Anne's train to the end and I don't really care um you know saying that I I, I like to admit that because I'm on this journey I'm 100% on this journey and I think that is definitely an Anne's thing but the, the you're right and the, the journey's so important as well because again you know, in, in recent years, there, there's been there's been no kind of there's been no sign of a journey. Um, even you know the the latter stages under Brendan Rodgers, there there wasn't really there wasn't really much of a journey. We were still winning things, which is obviously amazing, but there wasn't. You didn't get the impression there was like you know an end goal Celtic can get to, and and fans can buy into that so much. And we finally we certainly didn't have it under Lennon, and, and we we finally you know have it again. And that that is so important having you know a dream. In life in general, but in, in sport is is so important. And I know Ange just kind of said that he doesn't have like an end goal for the team because he thinks that when you reach that end goal, you're kind of a bit like where do I go from from here? And that's obviously a fair point. And I'm aware of people clipping this up and stuff. Yeah, but and it is Saturday that... morning at, at, at twenty past twelve. But I, I, what I'm going to say is, I, I I do think Ange can take us to very special places. I think he's building something special. I mean, you hear him speaking yesterday about about not having the squad in the ideal place until a year down the line. You're thinking, wow, we've we've still got you know, if it's this good right now, four or five months into Ange coming into the club with all of these new players, these amazing new players in general. How good can we be when they all settle in, when we add more gems from Asia and more gems from around Europe, when Ange settles in more, when, you know, if we win the league this year, we've got potentially Champions League money, £50 million. Pounds. You know, the, the future, to, to, quote a, 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 to, to quote a banner from a, a, a certain faction of a, another club in Glasgow support, the future is green. It's not orange, mm. it's green. It's never orange, mate. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's not even about the football sometimes because I do like the way he talks about football but it's even just the way he talks about life in general now I'm not an immigrant and I've never been an immigrant but my granda was and listening to him talk about the way his father went to Australia from Greece and toiled and struggled to build a family resonates with me personally I think the way he talks about his relationship with his father resonates with me personally because mm. you know I, I think Ange had a loving relationship with his dad, but it sounds like he, it was sometimes difficult and he was distant. Distant, maybe, and, yeah. Yeah, and and the, the thing that connected them was football, and I relate to that with my own personal situation with my dad, who sadly passed away, in the sense that football always connected our conversations, and, and the, you know, that, that was always the thing that we, you know, 
brought us together. I, I, you know, I didn't see my dad for all, honestly, for about maybe eight or ten years or something through my teenage years. The first thing we did was go to a Celtic game. That, that's what brought us together. And I think that's the power of football. And I think I'm just someone who understands that. And there'll be a lot of Celtic fans who relate to that similarly. Celtic is, you know, it's not just about the football. It's about how you relate to your family and friends. And it's about how you communicate with other people. That's what makes it so special. That's what makes football so special. Um, and I just, you know, I love Ange for that because I think he brings that human element to this job. And I don't, you know, what about it as well as, as I don't think, you know, he's not someone who who plays it up for, for emotion like perhaps some of yeah. our other managers who would have anecdotes that were unbelievable. Ange just is talking about his personal experiences and it's it's wonderful. He's not bumped into Danny McGrain is basically what you're saying. <laughs> exactly, yeah, he's not bumped that, into e- Danny McGrain. That's exactly the point I was going to make. It's so genuine when it comes from him. Yeah. He's, not, he's not saying stuff to, to make him sound good. Like, as I say, certain managers in, in our recent history have. Everything you get from Ange so far is is completely genuine um, and and supporters relate to that so much. I think so many people would relate to, to the father thing. Um, you know, me personally as well, because, you know, that's when I see my dad most is, is going to the football, the, the game on, on Sunday with my dad and you know I loved every minute of it and I think everyone can kind of tap into that and and as you say when it comes from Ange it's it's so genuine um we love his honesty in in the press as well um what I, what do you make of this what do, what do you make of his press manner because I don't know if the the people in this chat and the, the Celtic State yeah, chat, he'll, he'll yeah. <laughs> but they, they might not know that you were in the press conference on Thursday night after the Hearts game what did you make of, you know, you've described that he was a bit testy with some journalists. What do you make of that? Do you think he's doing that as a kind of by design thing or do you think he's generally just frustrated with him? I think it's two things. I think that the first thing is that he is perhaps trying to, to build a little bit of a siege mentality going into to this month, given that it's such a, you know, a, a, an important time for Celtic. I think there's definitely an element of that. I wouldn't ask him about that because he'd probably kind of deny it like he, he normally would, but mm-hmm. I, I think there probably is a, an element of that. And I also think part of it as well is that it's a sign that he's getting comfortable in, in Scotland. And I think, you know, when we talk about Ange going across the world and we, I think we sometimes trivialise it and, and I think it is, it's a huge deal. I mean, he, he's never done that before. I know he managed, I think, in Greece for, for a small part of his career, but, you know, Greece is a country he knows well. He's never come across the world and managed, so it's a huge deal for Ange coming to, to Europe and coming to, you know, the far end of Europe as well. And I, I think, you know, at first he was kind of feeling his way in. It probably was a little bit of a surprise to him, the Scottish media, um, because the Scottish media, as we know, you know, are remarkable. I think he's even spoken about the fact that you know, there's two clubs here and it's not really like that in any other country. I don't think, you know, the focus is in two clubs and with all due respect to, you know, your hearts and hibs in Aberdeen, no one else really matters in the grand scheme of things. So I think it would have taken them time to get used to that. And I think what we're seeing now, partly, is that Ange is completely comfortable and he's comfortable in his surroundings, but he's also, I think, really comfortable in in what he's doing at Celtic. And I think he now feels he's got a bit of a... uh, I don't want to say resolve because he always had resolve, but you know he has he has a team there that people can can see are performing, and anyone calling this guy a dud and anyone saying that the Ange is going to be sacked by Halloween or by Christmas is just already been completely shut up because this guy is going to win trophies for Celtic. I mean, he's going to win a trophy for Celtic, I think, in a fortnight, and that's going to be the the first of many. This guy isn't a Pedro Caixinha. 
he's not, you know, a Paul Le Guin. He's, he's not even, some people have kind of said, you know, he's a Ronnie Dyla, which I think is unfair in Dyla. But Ange is, you know, for me, a top, top manager that Celtic have managed to lure. And I think people realise that now. And that's where, you know, his, his, you know, press conferences come in. And yeah, I mean, the press conference the other night after the game was really interesting, actually, because we see him before games. And yeah, he's had, in recent weeks, he's had a couple of kind of comments. He had the one uh, to do with the Hibs allocation for the cup final. I think that was the first time we'd kind of seen Ange a, a little bit irritated in the press. But I think post-match stuff, we never really see that. And certainly on on um, Thursday night after the game, yeah, it was, it was really interesting, um, you know, him kind of kind of unhappy with the narrative that, that some of the media are, are portraying. And I think we had a couple of comments in the YouTube saying that's just amazing because once again, it just he's fighting Celtic's corner. I remember mm-hmm. in, in the first press conference we had with him and Don Mackay way back in June or whatever, and one of his first answers was, I will always fight Celtic's corner here. And at the time I looked at him and I went, yeah, I'll, I'll take you at your word. But part of me's thinking, you know, are you just kind of playing to the crowd? Is this just what you're saying? Because listen, that's what we've had in the past from managers. I've said, you know, said things and then done things differently. But Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He's genuine and he, he's fighting Celtic's corner. And again, it just feeds into all that stuff that we love. You know, that siege mentality. We we love Celtic versus the rest of the world, don't we? I mean, every football club and every football support loves that. And Ange is kind of tapping into that as well. But again, it's genuine. Yeah, that, and that's what, you know, it's funny you say that because I too thought that when he first arrived, you know, as he played into the gallery, as he kind of saying what the fans want to hear, I think the one thing we can say about Ange Postacoglu is that he doesn't care about playing to the gallery, regardless of who is in the, in the, in the stands. He he walks he he walks to the beat of his own drum. I would say, you know, he he says what he wants to say, um, and he doesn't care who who hears it. Um, but it's in the, because I think he's moving into a new phase now, and I picked up on that. I've picked up on that over the last couple of weeks. But again. Yesterday there was no press conference, but there was uh, the the kind of rights holder interview with Sky Sports at Lennox Town, mm-hmm. which they do before Sky games sometimes. Um, and he was talking about the rebuild in general. He was asked about the rebuild, and his comments were very interesting because I remember he was one of your first questions to Ange Postecoglou at that you know Celtic fan media event in the summer was how long do you think it's going to take to to get Celtic to where they want to be? And Ange didn't really answer your question, did he? He didn't really give you a timescale. He didn't want to talk about timescales. He didn't want to talk about trophies. 
if you had asked him that question, you know, the other night or even yesterday, he would have given you a different answer because he was essentially at Sky Sports essentially asked what you had asked. And he talked about the fact that, you know, he signed 12 players in the summer, you know, they're all in the first season. And he actually, for the first time, said it'll take about a year. It will take another 12 months of football for me to take to, to get Celtic to where I want them to be. And I think that's maybe the first time he said that. He also said that he's wants to win trophies in his first season. And I don't think he's really commented on that previously either. Um, so he's kind of changing his tone because he's moving into the second phase of the, this so-called rebuild. I think he got the players in the door. I think he settled a lot of them down. I think he settled this team down. I think you can see that in results. Um, and he's kind of moving into the next kind of medium term thing now. If we pick up this, if we continue winning Hamish and pick up this trophy this month and go into this derby and do something against Rangers, oh. I think, as he said earlier, I think 2022 could be a very special year for Celtic. And I, I think it's achievable as well. I, I, I really do. Uh, I, I think the, the cup final, cup final is going to be an amazing day. Um, you know, if we win, obviously, but it'll be incredible seeing. You know, if we get the job done, seeing Ange and seeing these new players celebrating with a trophy, we we know from from previous experiences how important that has been for Celtic teams to taste success early on. Um, and and if we could do that, you know, later in the month, uh, I, I think it would be huge. And then obviously, um, you know, we've got the derby at the start of the year, and yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's going to be tough as well, and we'll obviously talk that talk about that nearer the time. But I just think this is a Celtic team that. That, that seems to rise to the occasion really well. And, and even in Europe, if they maybe don't get the result, that I, th- I think I think there's the quality in this team will always shine out in, in any game, virtually any game, apart from probably against Livingston. They're the only real team this year that have you know stopped a quality entirely. I, I just think there's too much attacking talent and quality in this team for, for any game we're going to create chances and that's that's so important there's been teams that we've supported in the past especially in Europe that have just gone and you've kind of known the way it was going to end whereas with this Celtic team you always feel you know for a good reason or a bad reason like you're on a journey with them in matches and I just love watching this Celtic team every single week and yes winning is of course the most important thing and I'm not going to pretend it's not we all want to win but I think you can't underestimate the joy of watching a team and, and watching players who make you smile. And I mean, we've we've got some players in that team that are are some of the the most favourite players I've ever seen play for Celtic. I mean, I know you've always got recency bias with these things, but watching Kyogo, I mean, that guy's just an absolute superstar. Uh, I, I I probably love him as much as I love Moussa Dembele in his pomp, and I never thought that would happen because I loved that guy so much. Jota is just for me possibly the, the best winger I've, I've seen playing in my time for Celtic. I didn't see Martin O'Neill's teams. McGeady possibly, you know, hit bigger heights, you know, in one season. Um, Sinclair, etc. But Jota, in terms of talent, is, is right up there. I think Callum McGregor's amazing. And I just think, you know, with Joe Hart, we've got a, a guy you can properly buy into as well. I mean, he's almost got similar similar traits to Ange in many, way, in many ways, that experience he brings, the, the understanding. He's almost like Ange on the pitch, I think, sometimes, um, as much as Callum McGregor's obviously a captain as well. And there's just so many players in this team that, that you just get the impression sometimes that, you know, a, a team's almost destined to succeed. And I, and I get that feeling with this team. I really hope it's this season. 
because I think it's so important that we win the league this year because of all the, the Champions League money and all that kind of thing and obviously if we don't win it then they're going to win it and, and the knock-on effect so you're basically talking about a £100 million swing um, you know, roughly all in on the Champions League when everything's considered so it's a huge season but I think overall even if for whatever reason it doesn't happen this year I just think that there's so much, you know, good feeling about Ange that that he'll get it right eventually. This is funny, Hamish, because I I didn't really know what we we're going to talk about for this hour, right? And that was a long time to talk about Celtic, especially when you talk about Celtic as much as we do. But I think there's a different feel to this to this hour. I think we're in something of a, a therapy session here, Hamish, in the sense that. In our normal videos in 6-7, Hail Hail and, and such, we talk about Celtic and we analyse what's going on at Celtic. I don't think we, we talk often about how we feel about Celtic a lot or how we feel about Ange. And I think this the last 35 minutes or so has been a love letter from us um, to this Celtic team and to Ange Postacoglu. Um, and, and that's pleasing for me. Now, I've noticed a few Rangers fans popping up in the chat, which is always welcome, lads. Welcome in for the Celtic love session. And I think we should maybe talk about a few things that could potentially wind them up a bit um, in the sense that what what do you make of the overreaction to Thursday night in, in terms of this some of this made-up controversy and some of this you know craziness that we've, we've seen in Scottish football? Do you think that's a sign that they're scared of us this year? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it wouldn't have been happening last year, would it? So, so there's your answer right there. Um, so, so there's there's evidence there that you know they, they know it's going to be really tight this year, and, and they know that the margin for error isn't there at all. And, and you know by their own reckoning, when you look at them last year and how much they won the league by, that must be you know pretty alarming that, that we've managed to to close the gap so quickly. Um, and and yet Thursday night, you know the, the offside goal or, or or the apparent offside goal. I did a big study on it in yesterday's video and one, I think people need to learn the offside rule. I think that's the first <laughs> thing because I've seen the amount of people I've seen on Twitter saying, you know, and, I, and I honestly think, I genuinely think a Sky Sports pundit like Chris Boyd genuinely doesn't know the offside rule or he's just not <laughs> looking in the right place because how can you be that confident and that smug about Kyogo being offside with, without knowing the, the or with knowing the full rules, because when you actually analyse it, I and mean, when you know the rules, that if you're, you know, forget the Hearts defence, if you're behind the ball, you're onside, then it is, it is marginal, that decision. It's the kind of decision yeah. VAR would spend, you know, I'm talking five minutes mulling yeah. over if, if VAR was a thing. Um, it's completely marginal. And the more I look at it, and I had a good graphic on, on the 67 Hill Hill channel yesterday, um, I think he might even have been offside, even if he's just off. The point is that it's completely marginal. And anyone talking about Celtic getting really favourable decisions is having a laugh. The penalty one with Mackay Stephen clearly trips himself. And another point that I made yesterday was that um, Carol Starfelt has one in the first half where he's onside and he, he's wrongly flagged up for being offside. So uh, it's it's I, I think it is a, a it's a sign of 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 fear in Celtic a little bit. I would certainly agree with that. The, the thing about Chris Boyd is I think he's trying to be Chris Sutton and I don't think he has the pattern to pull it off, to be quite frankly with you. I think the, you know, Chris Boyd's just like, he had one last week. I can't remember what it was. Did we drop, did we lose a game? Was it, I can't remember, but he was really smug. It was when we went out of the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he, he, seemed, he seemed actually quite aggressive on Sky Sports News. And you compare that to Chris Sutton and Chris Sutton, you know, winds them up daft and, and they won't like him. But Chris Sutton's funny with it. 
Like he, mm -hmm. he doesn't do it in an aggressive manner. He, he just puts wee daft wee, you know, fishing rods out. Chris Boyd's just a, a poor man's Chris Sutton in that regard. In more than one way, of course, the striking aspect as well. <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, I, you, there's there's a couple of Rangers pundits I don't mind too much. I mean, I might get pelters from the chat for this, but Ali McCoyst is all right. You know, he's not. You know, he, he he's obviously a Rangers fan and he sticks up for them and obviously that's not what we want as Celtic fans. But he's more like a Chris Sutton for me. He takes it kind of in his stride and I think he has the path to back it up. I think someone like Chris Boyd just doesn't. Um, so I think it often comes across as a bit desperate from him. Um, but, you know, I do think that, you know, Sutton's... Uh, sorry, Boyd's a pantomime villain almost. So even taking him out of the equation, I think the overreaction to Thursday night was was mental <laughs> and I do think that you know it was the 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 offside onside call was marginal like you've laid out I think that Robbie Nielsen made a show of himself after that match I think he got into his own head and I think he built that up in his own head and I think that he shouldn't have said the things he said after that match and I think he even checked himself from his broadcast interviews into the press conference that you were at because he, he kind of toned down his comments a bit. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, managers say some stuff in the heat of the moment and, you know, th that's what happens. But he he built all that up in his head and he was raging on that touchline on Thursday night. Um, but that's what we want to see. We want to be winding up the opposition. Like, that's what we want. Um, I don't care who it is. I don't care whether it's Rangers, Hearts, Dundee United, Hibs. I want... Celtic to be absolutely winding up the opposition and I would love nothing more than an offside Kyogo goal against Rangers on January 2nd. And him doing the... Yeah. To, to the, the broom loan or whatever it is. Have, have we got a Chris Boyd equivalent? Mm, I was trying to think about that. Um, no, not really, I don't think. I think Chris Sutton's probably the close. I think Chris Sutton kind of... He, he goes... He goes down the middle of the Ali McCoy's Chris Boyd thing. I think yeah. he's he's got a media personality. He's got a gimmick, but you know I don't think he's he's too overboard with it. And I think you know he's banned from Ibrox, which tells you all about how they feel about him. Uh, the the Kyogo kind of that this myth that Kyogo's a, a diver that 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 really surprises me as well, given that he he quite literally took a blow to the head on, on last Thursday away to Bayer Leverkusen, incredibly brave to win as a penalty. It seems like a, a strange narrative. Again, that, that just comes from, from fear for me. And, and I mean, even even when they were booing Kyogo at Ibrooks, you know, a few months ago, um, I, I thought it was strange, but, but it just comes from the, the fear, I think. Um, and I, I would back Kyogo totally. I've already got visions of Kyogo running clear on, on January the 2nd and slotting the ball past McGregor. And it's going to be probably the best moment of my life if that happens. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah. in, in all seriousness, you know, Kyogo's played on the left, Ibrox. He wasn't played through the middle. I think it's a different game if he is played through the middle. I think we'll see him through the middle on January 2nd. You know, fingers crossed that he stays fit between now and then. Um, and I think it will be a different game and I think we'll see that. I think Kyogo has the pace, and I think he. I've always talked about it. It's not just his, his raw natural ability for Kyogo, it's his game intelligence. He's, he's thinking quicker than everyone on the pitch. He's not just, you know, playing quicker. I mean, even for the goal on Thursday night, he sees the cross about five seconds before the Hearts defenders. That's why mm. That's why he's on the verge of being offside, because he sees it before anyone else, and, and that's what's great about him. One thing that's gone unnoticed in the whole offside-onside debate is how good a finish it is. I, I think it's a, a brilliant finish. I mean, it's such a deft touch. 
and it's so difficult when a ball's coming across you to, to kind of flick it round the corner into the back of the net. It's a brilliant finish and, and the movement's incredible as well. And I think Ange was even saying yesterday that, that sometimes the Celtic players aren't seeing Kyogo's movement quick enough. And again, that's so reassuring to me that this is something Ange is aware of. Of course he should be, but it's almost been something fans have spoken about recently. And when you're at the game, you see it even more. There was one on, on Thursday night early on that Kyogo darted away, and I think it was Stephen Welsh or Starfelt, and they didn't just they just didn't see him making the run in time. And and when Hearts play such a high line, and I think Rangers will probably do similar on, on January the second. There's just joy for us to be had there. Sometimes the ball doesn't need to be the perfect ball. You just need to put it over the top because Kyogo's that quick and he works that hard that you'll get on the end of it. Um, I, I just love the guy. And his, his goal-scoring record's incredible as well. He, he's just scoring so many goals. And, I mean, he, he's on... He's probably on for about 30 goals this season, isn't he? Which... Yeah. Which... And I back him to do it, if you know, barring any you know bad injury or anything like that. And for your first season in Scotland coming from, from Japan, when people thought he was too small and he was too weak to play in this league, all those stereotypes... He's just proven them all wrong. Um, I, I just absolutely love the wee man. So we've got 15 minutes left here, Hamish, and I'll tell you something else I've noticed over the last 24 hours is that the speculative transfer rumour market has kicked off again. Thank mm. goodness, because it gives us stuff to talk about. But in all seriousness, do, do you want to chat a bit about the, tra- the transfer window and kind of the three main ru- or the two main rumours that have come up so far and one of the speculative ones in the sense that you know, Dyson Maeda has been linked with a move to Celtic, you know, for a few million pounds. Rio Hattat, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, I've not said that on air before. Um, he's um, rumoured to be joining Celtic on almost a free transfer. They're the two mains, ones from Japan. Then, last night, Bild in, in Germany linked us with a move for Hans Wolf of Borussia Mönchengladbach, who formerly played of Red Bull Salzburg and played against Celtic before, I think. Um what do you make of these rumours? What do you think they say about what Celtic are wanting to do in the transfer window in, t- in terms of positions? Um, well, I think Hatati's quite versatile. I think um, he's played left back. He's played further up the park on the left. I think mainly he's played kind of attacking midfield recently. Um, but, but as I say, he's very versatile. I think Ange quite likes versatile players. Uh, I think yeah, he had a lot to his, his, his way of playing. Um, you know, the, the famous Guardiola stuff about him loving versatile players because it means that he can have a tighter squad and more va- variety in, in the way players play. Um, I think Maeda, um, or, or Maeda, I think I've been told that that's how you, you pronounce it. Um, I think he, he, he looks excellent as well. I mean, he's a top scorer in, in the J-League. He scored again today, on his earlier today, in his fin- uh, final game for um, Ange's old team, Yokohama. So I, I think, again, it, it looks like we're just plucking the best talent from Japan. And if they're half as good as Kyogo, they'll, they'll be outstanding. I'm really, really interested by this guy, uh, Hannes Wolf. Um, the, the exact what, what was it's a bit Derek Gray for? from you there German Austrians W is a V isn't it okay, so, okay. we'll go with that we'll right. I'm, I'm a guy who's lived in Germany for a few months you need mm-hmm, to remember this course. John but um, uh, he, he's the, the exact kind of calibre of player I think Celtic need to be looking at and thankfully Celtic are looking at the, in the kind of Jota mode of a player at 
you know, quite a big club with a good pedigree, highly rated a few years ago, who's maybe just gone off, gone off it slightly, hasn't quite fulfilled his potential. And Celtic seem to be, in recent years, a really good place for players to, to really pick their career back up. We've got about four or five of them currently in, in the team. Joe Hart's the obvious one. I don't know what it is about Celtic, whether it's maybe the slightly easier standard of league, whether it's the whole feeling at the club when the supporters there. You know, supporters take to players so early at Celtic, I think earlier than most clubs. But it just seems like the perfect place for Celtic to kind of to sign those kind of players that have had big potential, still do, but have maybe just gone off it slightly. Where, where do you think that comes from? Because that is a that's a huge sea change from what we've seen in recent years. In in my opinion, um, I mean our, our transfer policy was was pretty strange prior to that. Um, but it seems like you know since this summer that, that Celtic have adopted a new policy. We've seen a lot kind of older players coming into the club. We've seen the club go even wider with the recruitment players coming from Japan, as we say, uh, Israel, Russia with Starfelt. Where do you think that comes from? Because I thought it was Don McKay initially, but it seems like we're continuing no. on even when he's left. I think it's... Uh, we'll bring it full circle. I think it's down to this cult of personality. I think it's Ange. I think he's brought focus to everyone at Celtic. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone. Um, I think he has dialed down what he wants from 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 the transfer market, from the scouting department, from the recruitment department. There's been a lot of chat over the last 12 months about a sporting director, a Celtic, a director of football. I think Ange is effectively doing that job at the moment. Um, but I actually think that's the way he likes it. If he if he gets asked about a director of football, he's quite prickly about it. I don't know if you've noticed that. He doesn't like, he doesn't like answering that question. Mm. I don't particularly think he wants a sporting director above him. I don't think he wants that. I think he wants control. Now, the difference between him having control and someone like Brendan Rodgers having control is I think that Brendan Rodgers had control to, to the benefit of Celtic, obviously, but ultimately to the benefit of Brendan Rodgers. I think Ange is perhaps putting building box in place for Celtic for a long term, rather than you know he doesn't have you know he doesn't have his own entourage, does he? He's not going to leave for Leicester with half the Celtic backroom staff. That's not going to be the way it works. I feel like Ange is effectively, as I said, doing the sporting director role at the moment. Now, that doesn't mean that Celtic don't need to make staff additions. To You know, Andrew's spoken about this. Obviously, we added the head of sports science, Anton McElhone. We've, you know, Andrew's admitted that they're actively looking for to add people to the scouting and recruitment departments. So that's not to say that, you know, he can't have help with transfers and we need someone in to be more of a point man for, for transfers because I think that was a big issue over the summer with the reporting and rumblings that were coming out with Celtic is that, when we were negotiating with teams, certainly in the, at the start of the summer, is that other clubs didn't really know who to speak to at Celtic, and there was a mm. sense that perhaps people, um, you know, certain shareholders were getting more involved than they should be. Um, so I think that has to change, and I think that has changed over the last few months. I think in terms of January, I think the the names linked with Celtic so far are interesting. I think Ange is really in the market for a. a a player who can compete and, you know, not play back up to Rogic, but certainly compete with Tom Rogic. I think he really wants an attacking midfielder behind that striker. Um, and I, Because I think you saw when, when Tom Rogic was out with the team over the last few weeks, I think Celtic were, were markedly poorer. And that's not just because of Tom Rogic and who he is, but I think it's just 
the kind of attacking midfielder that Ange likes. He wants someone who can dribble. He wants someone who can run at defence. He wants a focal point that the opponents will be scared of. And I think that's why someone like Han- Hannes Wilf or, or even even Hatate or even Maeda, because I know he plays on the left or right and can play through the middle. So I think he just wants another... He wants another another ace in that front three or four. Um, and I think that will bode well for Celtic going forward. Where where do you think the priority is? You know, if, if you were signing one player and one player only to, to come into the first team in January, would it be left back? Right. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I might annoy people here. I don't think Greg Taylor is as bad a player as people make out. And I think Ange likes Greg Taylor. And I think Greg Taylor was pretty effective... You know, carrying out that almost inverted fullback role, you know, in the opening stages of the season. Now, was Greg Taylor. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Amazing? No, absolutely not. Was he a standout? No, but I think I think he actually was one of the one of the better players in the team. And I think now that the team is more settled and more, you know, able and more functional working under the Sands setup, I think that will suit Greg Taylor over the coming weeks. Now, people will say we need a left back. You might say we need a left back. Um, but I think Anne sees Greg Taylor as a part of this team. So I'm not sure if that will be a big priority. I don't think Rio Hattati has been linked with Celtic because he's a left back. I think he, no. I think he might be playing in midfield. So hmm. that is an interesting one. He's not good enough, Greg Taylor, is he? To, to, for, for, for where Celtic and Ange want to be. I mean, he's a fine backup at left back. He, he's not a Celtic starter, is he? <laughs> I think he's a Celtic starter, yeah. I mean, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised when he comes back. And I might, this is the, I don't really make predictions on, on these kind of things, but I do think Greg Taylor will surprise people when he comes back from the shoulder injury. Um, you know, is he good enough for the Europa League and the eventual Champions League where we want to go? Yeah, obviously, I think that's a different conversation. I'm talking about the next six months, but I, I'm not sure Andrew will go out and buy a left-back in January. I think he wants to add more to the attacking side of the team. I think he wants more from that midfield. I think he wants more energy and more pace and, and stuff in that kind of final third. Greg Taylor is better than you, Mr Hamish. It's probably a fair comment, <laughs> given that he's, he's playing for Celtic pinball, but, but thanks for your input. Um, Striker-wise, I mean, do, who do we expect to maybe leave? Like, a Yeti maybe go out on loan, maybe if Maeda's coming in? Mate, I would send a Yeti to Dundee. I mean, I just don't think he's good <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, I would quite like to see a Yeti go out and bring bring someone else in. I, would, I absolutely would like to see that, because... Uh, He's flattered to deceive now and under 
you know, Lennon and Ange Postacoglu. I just don't think he has it to, to be. I, th- I think that that's 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 a real kind of weak point in the team in, in terms of backup. Um, Kyogo's obviously a, a standout up front, but I think as we've already seen this season, if if injury does happen to Kyogo and and it will happen at some stage to Kyogo. It's already happened this season. Just the way he plays and the treatment he gets, he's, he's going to pick up injuries. I think we were, we've not got too many options to, to come in reserve there. Um, Ayeti is just I'm not going to you know hammer him. He's just not good enough. Uh, a wee pun there, do you hear that hammer? West Ham pun. Um, and also Yakamakis has had injury troubles as well and we'd be a little bit concerned about his injury troubles he doesn't seem to be you know, ever fully fit for Celtic so far so I certainly think a player in Kyogo's mould you know, a backup player in Kyogo's mould is something we need because it's something that people haven't really spoken about really and I, I, I do like Gigi in general and I think he will score goals for Celtic if he can stay fit but is, is he an Ange team player? I, I know Ange absolutely loves him. I think Ange mm. loves him more than any Celtic player. I think he honestly loves him. But is he... He's fine for running the clock down if you're ahead, and I think he does really good. He, he wins fouls. But is he a starter for an Ange team? Does he offer you enough off the ball? Does he offer you the same press as Kyogo does? No, he doesn't. So I think that's something that the, the, the one, well not the one signing, but one of the signings this summer, and in general our signings have been great, but the Yakimakis is one that I would look at and I'd go, is he an Ange player? And I've just got some wee doubts niggling in the back of my mind. I'd really like to see a Kyogo backup signed in January. I think Maida might be it. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, the clips of, that I've, I've seen of him are exciting because I think he plays with that same pressing energy that Kyogo does I think you know people are talking about the fact that Maida comes from Japan but I think what's kind of almost gone under the radar is that Maida used to play for Ange he used to play for Ange he used to play for Ange at Yokohama so he knows that player inside out Kyogo never even played for Ange for you know he was an admirer from afar but Ange will know exactly how to get the best at Maida and I think that's why you know, I would be so excited about that. It's the first time that Ange has signed one of his former players to Celtic. Um, so I really hope that we do get over the line with that one. And Hitati apparently plays in a very similar style for, mm-hmm. for Kawasaki Frontali. And they play a kind of high-pressing game as well. So, And obviously for them coming across to, to Scotland as well, having Kyogo here already and, and having one, you know, Hitati or, or uh, Maida there as well is going to be huge. So we're building a, a nice wee team here. Um, midfield... Would you maybe want a centre mid in there as well, or be a little well, bit light? I think that's that. That is the Hadati thing for me. I think he'd play right. in that kind of more defensive midfield role. Um, I think you'll, you know, I think, I think Ange wants more energy, and then obviously James McCarthy hasn't really come onto a game similar to Jakimakis in a way that you've you've just talked about. I think McGregor is obviously a supreme talent, but I think we need, you know, at least someone who can come in and, and rotate around that, um, or you know, move McGregor forward even. Um, so I would be surprised if we went in the market for a more defensive midfielder in January because if you asked me before and I didn't actually answer your question but I think if I'm looking for a player at a position that's probably the one I'm looking at because I would be fearful if McGregor dropped out of the team I don't think Sorrow has really come on the way we wanted him to come on you know there is question marks about McCarthy I think we need someone else in there because it's such an important part of this team too because the thing about Celtic and that's what was so improved on Thursday night was how quick they were turning defence into attack. And I, I think we need someone in, in there who can do that um, in a better way than perhaps what we've got currently. 
But that comes from McGregor at defensive mid because he's yeah. brilliant there. And, yeah. and it comes from Rogic because he's the other one that plays at real pace. I think the others, McCarthy as much as I like him, Turnbull as much as I like him, I think are a little bit too slow at times. So, And that's not me saying they can't pick it up. I think they're both talented players. But I think right now you maybe need another one with, with the same urgency that could really bring us on. Um, nearly out of time, so I think we'll, we'll leave it there. It's 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 flowing in. Um, a state of mind just there saying we've now raised uh, £14,595. So excellent. Wonderful. Thanks to everyone who has, who has donated. Um, couple of minutes. Anything personal you, you want to get off your chest? No, I think I've enjoyed this chat for an hour. It's a different kind of thing to what we usually do. We've got some stuff off our chest. We've looked ahead to the future. I think, in totality, everyone is quite pleased with where Celtic are right now. We're excited about the future, we're excited about Ange, we're excited about players coming into the club and bring on three points, bring on a derby win in January and let's have a really good year next year. We are 67 Hail Hail. Um, if you've not heard of us, we're a website slash YouTube channel. John is, is, is more on the website side of things, 67hailhail.com, but he does appear pretty regularly on the YouTube. I'm mainly, well, all on YouTube. Um, so if you, you want to check us out, subscribe to the YouTube, check out 67hailhail.com. If you've not heard of us, that would be much appreciated. Um, once again, it's been great to, to be on the, the Axom Charity Weekend. I yep. really appreciate um, Paul and, and the rest of the team for, for inviting us on. You know, Do you think we'll make a hat-trick next year, John? I don't see why not. You know, it's funny because people, you know, would, you know, Axom does the same thing as we do on YouTube. You could think we're competitors, but it's not really like that in the Celtic scene. Uh, we're all fans of each other. We like what each other do. There's plenty of room for everyone, and we're delighted to come on this channel and support charity. We're delighted to come on this channel and support a Celtic state of mind. So, um, Paul, Paul's good. too sound a guy. You, you couldn't, you couldn't be, you couldn't be in a, a com- competition with Paul. He's, he's too sound Wonderful. a guy, and he's doing a, a great job with Axom as are the rest of the team. Um, next up is the the Celtic supporters podcast. They'll be on for the next hour. It's just hit one o'clock. I'm assuming they're ready in the background. So um, me and John will say goodbye to you all. Thanks for tuning in. Take care and hail hail. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details this week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.